Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. A very saucy Annie Smithers joins me. Hello, Jonathan. (laughs) I don't say that recklessly or we are talking about sauces. We are going to talk about sauces today. And that has brought... Oh, it's brought Maggie to the fore. Maggie, the, the, the instant attention from the Cocker Spaniel in the room. Loves a sauce. Do you sauce your food much at home? Um, look, uh, see, I would, I would think that, I mean, a lot of the, you know, stuff you stir fry and so on is in a, I do a lot of that sort of um, sweet salt. Saucing? Kind of saucy stuff. But that, is that an addition to... You put that in with the things well, the thing as to opposed cook with, to yeah. you cook it with it as opposed to having a sauce on the side. No, not a lot of that. Or a little saucepan on the side that you nappe the sauce over the food. Excuse me? Nappe. Come on. It's a thing. It's, it's a hand movement. It's one of those gestures. It's Would quite it? dismissive really, isn't it? So you, go, you take a ladle and you nappe it over. Oh, a little, little line, a little streak of sauce. Yeah. Okay, nappe. It's a thing. It's a word. No, not a lot. We did uh, think about what we were going to do today. And for some reason, I was thinking about the five mother sauces while I was doing something in my kitchen at work yesterday. And you said, have we talked about sauces? And I said... Great minds. I know. Reaching out across the firmament. That little hot pie in the sky that we pop our little hands into and grasp something together. I think there was a movie that had lots of information about the five mother sources. Well, just introduce that concept to us. It is five sources that come from French cuisine that were codified by French chef uh, Carême. Good on him. Good on him as the backbone of all other sources in the early 20th century. And that is the point at which we should just stop and say these sources went out with button-up boots and fish cutlery. <laughs> well, sort of. Sort of. I mean, you still... I mean, one of them is going to be hollandaise. So there's bechamel, veloute, espagnol, sauce tomate and hollandaise. We still see... What a beautiful thing, though, to sort of say, here it is. Here it is. Here are the five mother sources. From which all sources spring. Yeah. Hmm. The, you know, they have little little grandchildren everywhere, splattering across the whole conquest of French cuisine. What's your favourite use for bechamel? Lasagna. Lasagna. Never cauliflower cheese. Mm, okay, that, but that's another possibility. Yeah. yeah. So bechamel is otherwise known as white sauce. So it is milk that is thickened with a roux that we've talked about before because we used a roux when we made chicken pies years and years ago. With a, with a velouté, I think. Exactly. So it's the butter and, butter and flour being stirred over heat together, melted butter and flour, and then the liquid, which is almost certainly milk in this case, is added and you have a thickened white sauce. Now, a lot of people add cheese to it so that that becomes... And this is where it's the mother. So then mm. if you add cheese to it, it's more nay sauce. Oh. And then you can keep going through repetition. So there's probably a name for something that has cheese and paprika in it or it goes on and on. My favourite for bechamel is definitely lasagna. Mm. 
With cheese. With cheese. And spotted nutmeg. Yeah. So... Anything else? I mean, well, there can be... You can sometimes boil your milk or bring your milk to scalding temperature with an, an onion that is studded with mm. a couple of cloves and a bay leaf. What does that do? Flavour. You get in a little your, bit of onion, a little bit of, a little bit of clove, a yeah. little bit of bay in it, yeah, but nice. it keeps it all together so you can just fish it out. French restaurants in, in the early 20th century surrounded by discarded studded onions. Absolutely. Just think about it. Okay. You know. Veloute. So that's your roux and your stock. This is your roux and your stock. It means velvet hmm. in French, which is very nice. Hmm. You know, your velvet sauce. A roux and then a clear stock, so chicken, turkey, fish stock, you know, usually your white stocks. And then it's a very smooth texture. Our flavour bases have changed dramatically you can imagine it in edwardian england on poached chicken and how bland all of that would be see isn't that an interesting thing were they because you can imagine that as a dish right and uh -huh. there's there's no strong flavor anywhere here other no, than or those elements or yes is that because their teeth were bad or is there a real subtlety of palate there that perhaps we have overwhelmed with strong taste? No, it I think boring. it's just bland. Okay. <laughs> because another <laughs> that was worth a try. Another um, another use of velouté is that sometimes you will have grand preparations from the past where something like a poached chicken is coated in a velouté and then it is chilled and of course it sort of sets in a coagulated mass and then it's glazed it's got little patterns made out of cut up pieces of carrot and glazed with an aspic yuck <laughs> So that is, yeah, yeah that is fashionable. That's, that's the period of which that we That is the period speaking. of, yeah, what we're speaking. But now is. you you would, as we did in that that chicken pie recipe. Here is this is the thing which will hold your pie together, and you can you can have all sorts of lovely flavourness. You there. can have all sorts of lovely flavours, and even going back to the bechamel, is that now, of course, in our world of very different tastes and flavours and needs and ethics, is that you can make a lovely bechamel out of. Yeah, oil and flour mm. and oat milk or soy milk or almond milk or whatever. So oil and flour will make you a roux? It'll make a sort of paste that'll help thicken it. The, the mm. oil will hold the flour and then it will... So, you know, how coconut, you know, coconut oil works, how it solidifies and things, is you can approximate some of these things and make them, make them happen and make them vegan. So, you know, you can experience that texture and make those sort of, you know, those two basic things of a sort of bechamel and a velouté that are thickened with a roux, you can expand them out to make them a little bit more exciting. And like the bechamel is, even though they're sort of bland and old fashioned, is you can add flavourings to them like wine or lemon or spices or herbs and things to make them a little bit more interesting the mother sauce theory again the mother sauce theory yeah. again then you have espanol is this the burnt flour one or well, the browned this is the one that is they say it's the one that is the basis for demi-glaze sauce robert and bordelais sauce. So more of the children of the mother. So they're all big 
sources for meat dishes, particularly steak. Mm. Um, and it's made, yeah, again, it's made with a roux. Now, yeah, we just don't use roux in the same way anymore. So for us to make that is, it's a, it's sort of a really old fashioned thing. I don't, I don't know anyone who makes a proper Espanol sauce now. How do you do it? Well, you make a, a brown roux. So you make a roux and you keep cooking it until it goes dark brown and that gives some of the flavour. Is that butter solids or the flour? The Both of them brown. Aren't we glad we've moved past that one? Okay. So. Um, then we've got sauce tomate. <laughs> In Carem's day, it would also be thickened by a roux. My version of tomato sauce is very simplistic. We grow beautiful tomatoes, we cut them up, we cook them down, we've done tomatoes with our mooli. And the more you cook them down, the more intense the tomato flavour yeah. is. So, yeah, we know that, you know, traditionally, you know, tomato, you know, pureed tomato is dried out in the sun and as you extract all the moisture out of it, is you get tomato paste. So the more water that you extract from your tomato or your pureed tomatoes the stronger and you know more developed your tomato flavor is going to be and it's it's that thing of why would you thicken it with a roux with a roux why would you take some watery old tomatoes and bang them together with a bit of flour and butter but you know creme knew better you know, is this also the evolution of how the food world has worked and how trade routes have changed? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing because you would you would suspect as much as that was happening in 18th, 17th, 19th century France, it most certainly was not happening in 17th, 18th, 19th century Italy. No. It's also this construct of the fact that the sort of the French cuisine, the mother cuisine of all the cuisines of the world, you know, it's sort of... I don't think. You, you can't, can't just boil down some tomatoes. You've got you <laughs> to do, do the, something you else. You've got to do the roux thing. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the last one, which I think sort of in some ways has the most significance in this day and age, along with bechamel, is hollandaise. Mm. Because you know, the, the cafe world of eggs benedict and eggs florentine... It's full of execrable hollandaise. It's full of really bad hollandaise, isn't it? <laughs> so... It's it's the egg yolks that are whipped together with uh, a little bit of acid, and then there's the the whisking in of the you know I use clarified butter so that it sort of you know holds better and things, and it in turn is the mother source for things like bernays, mm. um, sauce choron, and all the variants of the hollandaise that use a different acid to give it a different flavour or a different finishing touch to give it a different name. So a spot of tarragon or a... Spot of tarragon or a spot of paprika mm. or a spot of blood orange or all of those sort of things. But it is something that is still... Yeah, the, the two, at either, you know, number one and number five, I think have most currency in the yeah. modern world, whereas uh, two, three and four are really very old-fashioned and have been replaced with things from the modern world. Well, we're going to talk about that in our next one, is the the current sort of thinking around sauce and, the, and a few ideas in that What would be your favourite use? So your favourite use for bechamel is lasagna, which yeah. I agree with. What's your favourite use for hollandaise? 
Well, in or an, egg, a derivative. an egg thing, or maybe some asparagus, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. See, I'm a Bernays and steak girl. I love a Bernays and steak. I've got to say, well, you said hollandaise. You, you had, yeah, okay. The fa- if you said to me bernaise, I would have said steak. the steak. The steak, the steak. <laughs> now, with, with your hollandaise, I mean, it, it can be a tricky thing. I mean, it, it, it is very liable in that introduction of the oil bit to, to fall apart. The drip, drip, drip method. Yeah. So the way that I make a good hollandaise is I actually whisk my eggs directly on the heat which I think is more of a chefy thing than a household thing because I just don't have time and usually you're doing a dozen yolks or a dozen yolks or more so you want it to move quite quickly um, so doing it over a double boiler is much more much safer mm-hmm. so you don't scramble your eggs on the gas <laughs> but I whip them up to a beautiful you know a beautiful stable foam and that will be the egg yolks and the acid so lemon juice you know, get it, get it really cranking, you know, beautiful, you know, what's known as a sabayon. As I said, I always make my hollandaise with a little pyrofoil. I heat my butter and separate the solids from the liquids so that there is, you're pouring in the pure fat as opposed to the liquid milky bit at the bottom because that can sometimes destabilise it at the end. And I also like to keep them at a similar temperature yeah, I'll get my butter prepared before I start doing my eggs so that it's neither it's the Goldilocks principle of neither too hot or too cold. Once I've got my beautiful sabayon, I set up a little uh, tea towel on the bench that's all knotted up like a little mm. you know, headpiece and I sit my bowl in it and I've got my jug of liquid butter and I whisk, 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 whisk and very fine, you know, drop, drop, drop to start with a little light stream and then as it incorporates you can pour more and more same as mayonnaise so the thing about warming the eggs is that it works best when the bits are of the same temperature yeah and you're going to have to melt your butter so but you it's, need to warm it's your the eggs. Sabot, it's the strength of the sabayon that holds the hollandaise together mm-hmm. so it's not it's not so it's more about the butter being the right temperature so don't stint on that foaminess in your eggs yeah yeah you've got to get a really lovely sabayon together it really is the goldilocks sauce because it then it, it can't get too cold and it can't get too hot and it needs to have a little piece of paper put on the top of it so it doesn't form a skin or oh, the poor little thing and then you need to keep it at the right temperature so that if it's too hot it will split but if it's too cold it will solidify and you can't bring it back once it's solidified so you can't use Bernays or Hollandaise the next day. It is something. Mm. And you can't, you, 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 you squeal or leap across kitchen benches if you see an uninitiated person come along and, you know, mix it really ferociously with a spoon or a whisk and you think, oh, my God, I've got that at the perfect texture. And then it just goes blip. It's it's one of those things that it is, a, it, it's, She's a delicate thing, not like bechamel. But it is it is a beautiful thing if it's if oh, it's nicely done. A beautiful thing. Yeah. A beautiful piquant thing that has the most magical balance between fat, acid, correct seasoning, mouthfeel, how it you know, a hollandaise for eggs, for example. I think needs to be a little bit looser than a hollandaise for asparagus 
both of those are different to say a Bernays for a steak that you want to dip your chips into and put a little piece on oh, the steak. Stop. For me it's a very sensual sauce. It's a yeah. it's it's about the textures and the formation of it. Can we prevail upon you to, to perhaps detail that method for us on the, the website oh. with the, the oh. Hollandaise? I will make a Hollandaise recipe for your website. Thank you. On the blueprint page at the ABC RN website. It's Mr Green in his blue top today. Next time uh, we will talk some sort of more modern stuff. Not not the uh, not the roots. not the mother sources. Well, what what the mother sources have become, perhaps mm. the third cousins twice removed. Mm. Annie, thank you. It's a pleasure. ABC Radio Station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.